0: previously on supple boys wow griffin today is september 2nd 2022 and i had a great time recording this new episode today i can't wait to get this show back on schedule and release new weekly episodes consistently we should also write our comic book at some point too i was thinking oh my god matthew rosenberg needs how many podcasts An email from Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, that's actually really nice. What a lovely email. Ryan Stegman wants us to take his garbage out to the curb. We don't live locally, Ryan. Jesus Christ. Will the Supple Boys release more than one episode in 2023? Will they ever reveal details about this fucking comic book we've heard so much about? Will any of it ever be enough for Ryan Stegman? Find out all this and more on this very special episode of Supple Boys.
1: Okay, here's the intro of the show. Um, welcome everybody to a very special episode of Supple Boys. I'm one of two Supple Boys. Mm -hmm. griffin sheridan uh with my co-host creative partner best friend ethan s parker is here as always hey buddy uh and we have a very special guest this episode that we are super excited to be chatting with to bring you guys this episode uh we have a mr patrick h willems with us here today hello patrick (laughs) uh hello supple boys what's up (laughs) (laughs) it's hilarious yeah. uh you know we i think we chatted about this a little bit we uh we had the pleasure of meeting each other in new york this year uh, at mm-hmm. new york city comic-con and and running into each other a couple of times led to us going going out on the town for uh some some drinks we went to that place that was like a like a disco diner joint at like two in the morning <laughs> and it was pretty yes. good
2: as in we closed out two places in a row on a sunday like the fact that you guys out two places uh on this sunday night after new york comic-con is impressive (laughs) because uh i've like i'm retired from this but i Mm -hmm. back in my day i would do the all four days at the con and then out at the parties every night Mm -hmm. and uh man my my sunday night you, you don't feel good
0: no, no you that not. trip, that trip was brutal. We left that disco diner being like, "Oh my god, we have to be awakened two and a half hours to go work the con." <laughs> to get, to, to
1: go. <laughs> well, it was uh, it wasn't to work the con. We were fucking. We had to get up for
2: the airport. No, uh, oh, that, that's right. That was moment. the last yeah. day. that's that, right. yes, Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yes, I saw yes. you guys the night before that's at right. the Marvel yep. party, where we had yep. the hmm. funny thing where I was in line for the bathroom, and I was. <laughs> that's where I met Tyler. And Tyler I was Guinness, talking to him. Yeah. And then the the two bathroom doors open and you guys <laughs> each emerged from one. <laughs> it was comical. I'd already met Griffin, like, yeah. I think, like the day before. Mm-hmm. Ethan, I hadn't mm-hmm. met you yet. But yeah, you, just
0: suddenly... You've met, you've met the entire supple thruple.
2: Yeah, uh, it, was, it was delightful. Yeah. And then we hung out at the party mm-hmm. and then the following night, we actually like, made
0: plans. Like, let's go out and like hang out. Mm -hmm. I guess we could go all the way into it because you you were you were at the Marvel bar you hang around with a lot of comics Mm -hmm. folks uh, and that's of course what we spent a lot of our time talking about but it's fascinating to me because that's a world that you're sort of integrated in but you have no interest in being a part of necessarily (laughs) What, Mm -hmm. what what is what is that how did this happen
2: I have like a non professional interest in the comics industry Mm-hmm. Sort of. I I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to really go back, uh mm-hmm. like like way back to like my I, I wanted to be a comic book artist before I wanted to be a filmmaker. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh I, I like it like, like in, in elementary school, I was like the kid who can draw well, which basically mm-hmm. means I can copy Batman comics mm-hmm. like pretty well, because that's all I would do. And then I realized in middle school I I, I was like, oh, like I, I see where my uh, my weaknesses are in terms of Mm -hmm. like oh like lighting and shading and perspective and anatomy and i realized i do not care enough to put in the work to improve to get good enough at these things and i also realized oh wait all of the ideas i have for comic books i'm way more interested in the idea of skipping ahead to the film adaptations Mm -hmm. so uh 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 this was me in like i think seventh grade i realized that uh and then i realized like oh okay no i uh i just like comics i just i want to be a filmmaker and uh but then the the funny root of things was the when i kind of like when i i started my still ongoing uh youtube career in like Mm -hmm. 2011 um the funny, and I, I don't know if you guys even know this because you're like young. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my earliest videos that was like successful was about mm-hmm. uh, DC's new 52, like mm-hmm. right before mm-hmm. it came out. And because I was just like, I was trying to figure out how to make videos and what they should be about. I forgot I was, you've
0: been going that long. That's crazy. In yeah. 2011,
2: yeah. I started the channel. I mean, I, I didn't make money off of it for six years. Right, uh, right, right. But I, mm-hmm. but I like, I, I was starting to figure out, like, oh, wait, what if I made videos that you know, actually involved like topical pop culture things that ha- already have an audience. It might be easier to get views that way. And I yeah. was like, well, I read a lot of comics and everyone's talking about the New 52. Uh, mm. I think it was like a few weeks before it started. Everyone's yelling about the New 52. <laughs> and so I made like a two minute video, uh, you know, about it. And in the comics, in comics, like, internet it kind of got a bunch mm-hmm. of traction there and then i got a phone yeah. call from the then vp of marketing at dc comics wow. i had a meeting at the old at the old new york dc offices and then due to a misunderstanding uh we didn't work together because they thought i turned them down when I, <laughs> when cool. i didn't and um yeah i learned this like two years later when i ran into that guy near a comic con again and uh and i learned like oh there was a misunderstanding and that's why you like stopped that's why you never got back to me. You, you somehow yeah, right. thought I didn't want to work with you when I did. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but that was kind of the beginning of, of me thinking like, okay, wait, maybe maybe if I can like get in doing like video stuff. Because like this was at a time when the comic book industry and movie industry were kind of getting closer and closer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking like maybe if I can like do like comics related work. Uh, But like in video form, then that could be a way to like, get in there and slide over to like the film world. And then as time went on, uh, you know, I went to a lot of comic conventions, as in New York and San Diego a bunch of times. Uh, Mm -hmm. I made a lot of friends in comics, because I would discover, oh, people in comics watch the videos I make. And I'm a fan of them because I go to the comic store every week and buy a shit ton of comics and yeah. then as time and on, i kind of realized, I, I ended up just having a career on uh on youtube doing all just like film related stuff and mm-hmm. i and i no longer had any interest in like i also kind of realized that like uh, a career doing video stuff for comic book publishers it's like there's not a lot of money to, to be made there that that's not <laughs> sure. that's not really the like uh like the way to have like a stable career and so i just ended up in the spot where i am now where like new york comic-con rolls around i like you know i go to the marvel party i meet up with Mm -hmm. like uh you know my my comic industry friends who are in town for the weekend and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh you know i go to the con for one day i say hi to my friends who were like have like tables there and then uh i get to go home to my apartment and I don't have to do all the, the that's crushing beautiful. work stuff. It's beautiful, Patrick. Yeah. And so and so that's basically it. That's how I'm here. and Well, I'm here because, you know, Griffin, you ran into me in Artist Alley and said hi. Yes. And yes. Then I think I was, when I talked to you guys more, I was so truly entertained <laughs> by the concept of the Supple Boys. And, <laughs> like, genuinely, like, Griffin, when you emailed me about being on the show, mm-hmm. every time a, a new email in the thread would pop up and I would just see the subject header, just supple boys, I would laugh.
0: Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it will yes. never
2: yeah. not be funny to me. Uh, like, I don't even know what we're here to talk
0: about. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to be
2: on a show <laughs> yeah. called supple
0: boys. Listen, it gets uh, mixed reactions. Some people love it, but yeah. everybody remembers it, and that's why we stick to it. Uh, oh, Rosenberg, my yes, Rosenberg. Pro. Supple boys. Yeah, Matthew Rosenberg <laughs> Brilliant. changes it every time he says it. Rosenberg will call us the sophisticated. Boys, yeah, he's the he's boys. he's doing a lot
1: of market research for us on potential you know alternate yeah. routes. Uh, we just heard a story yesterday about a couple of folks who were chatting. The artists on our book. Uh, which we can't say we haven't announced it yet. It's happening though. Get ready, everybody. We'll talk about Uh-oh. it real soon. The artist on our book was having conversation with someone over at Marvel, and they were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you're doing a project with the uh, the Supple Boys there." And, it's like, <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, so like, okay, that's sweet. We we are like so in there with the folks at Marvel."
2: Uh, however, the they idea do of the word Supple, Supple Boys echoing Boys. through the Marvel offices, <laughs> I feel like the a the dream. Old, the thing that we all need to need. To make happen is we all i want to hear tom Brevort say supple <laughs> tom brevoort joe casada uh yeah. I, we might
1: even have stanley have saying it mm, i feel like we missed that one we might have missed oh, that one. you know what guys
2: mm-hmm. ai
1: technology is getting better yeah. every day <laughs> oh dude disney's out here with <laughs> re feature. we're gonna fucking yeah. have it in no time um mm. Uh, let's let's rewind back just a little bit to like so you fell into YouTube because you're like, eh, comics work, I don't know. Uh, but, but but movies, I want to do movies. Uh, and talking about movies has certainly like provided you with this, I think probably a un- slightly unexpected sort of career. Uh, or, or would you say how planned was the was the the idea of I'm going to be a YouTube personality talking about movies? Mm-hmm. How um, how has that journey been for you? How fulfilling has it been for you? What are what, yeah. what are your thoughts also, and feelings also, about? By, Patrick by the way, in case anyone's listening channel. to
2: this who doesn't know who I am, uh, my, <laughs> yeah. my primary day job is uh, I make increasingly long overly complicated video essays about movies that occasionally talk about comics a bit but mostly about movies uh over uh you know on on, on the internet uh so that's what i do um yeah to answer your question um uh this was not planned like right. at all basically like I, I you know i went to i you know from like middle school onward was like making movies all the time I was like I want to be a movie director you know I mm-hmm. I, I, I went to college uh got a degree in a thing called cinema studies which is basically <laughs> Very good. like an English degree but it, mostly you know, you about write, movies. you write papers about movies and then i took yeah, right. mm-hmm. took like like production classes and I was like I got out of college I'm like I, I just want to direct movies and stuff but uh mm-hmm. you know there are no jobs like uh, a little job like listings for like directors and stuff. And yeah, also right. my senior thesis film um, was, uh, was not like an amazing masterpiece that was immediately gonna <laughs> like get me a development deal at universal pictures. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So I was like, I don't, I just don't know what to do now. And then I decided like, I, I was looking at YouTube and was like, Oh wait, there's people doing like actual filmmaking there mm-hmm. that cause th- back in like 2010, like when I graduated mm-hmm. from college, you know, YouTube was not quite what it is now. It was still mostly just like, I don't know, si- like silly home videos, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. vast majority of it. It was and like, like early vlogging and stuff like that. I recall. I recall. Yeah. But I uh, and so I started to realize like, oh, wait, this could be like, I don't really want to do the thing where you move to L.A. and. Mm-hmm. you know, be a PA and get people coffee for a decade. And then maybe eventually <laughs> you might meet someone who will like look at your script. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm not like making something all the time, I get really antsy and I, and unhappy. And so, and I, and in my hometown, like from high school, I had this whole network of, of people that I would work with. Like every summer I'd come home from college and we'd make movies and everything. So I was like, wait, what if I just start making, YouTube videos, uh, where like every week it's like a new short film and I can just Mm -hmm. do whatever I want and like experiment. And then hopefully something I make there will like get attention somewhere and then lead to me getting hired for something. Like I, I I wasn't even planning on like, like making career on YouTube. I was just using it as a portfolio to try to get hired to do other stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then for like six years, all of the videos were just like short films like narrative shorts like i was barely ever in them uh like you know like the the wes anderson x-men was Mm -hmm. still the most like widely viewed successful thing i i ever made bananas yeah
1: and uh that's how i found you that's that was my my gateway drug to patrick willems as it is i think for a lot of people that was
2: it for most people and well and then and then like two years later or so when suddenly the channel took off with video essays then to honestly, to this day, there's still people going like, "Oh wait, you were the guy who made that other video years ago." <laughs> right. And uh, right. yeah, and that uh, that video also that was the one that was where I it really seemed like, oh, this is actually going to like start a career. Like that's where mm-hmm. I was having like you know development meetings and talking to like production companies and just TV producers and stuff like that. Everything fell apart. Like like not mm-hmm. nothing ended up coming mm-hmm. from it. It was very frustrating. Uh, and then finally. Uh, like on a whim, I decided to give YouTube one last shot. And I was like, I don't know. I'll try making a video essay. Those are like a thing on YouTube now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, 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 have a, I wrote a lot of essays in college. Uh, and anyway, I, I did it. I made one. Complaining about how Marvel movies look really bland and ugly, <laughs> and uh, and it it blew up and like actually turned this into a career, and then and then suddenly because of that one video, I ended up. Becoming like a an on-camera personality talking about yeah. movies. When my goal was always to just be a guy behind the camera making oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. narrative stuff. So that
0: fucking video, people are always still referencing that video. That video has like become part of like the conversation about blockbusters. People are always referencing that. And it's it's fucking crazy. It is. It's like it, it's it's funny to me now because like I don't
2: even like tweet about that topic anymore because yeah. it is it's now like talked about so often. Uh-huh. Like oh, every yeah, week, yeah. there's some new uh, like viral tweet that's just like yeah. screenshots of like some new Marvel trailer. That's like, oh, why do these movies still look like this? Yeah, and yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I mean, I mean, it's the thing where when I made that, I thought no one was gonna watch it because I'm be like, it's about color grading.
0: No <laughs> one
2: gives yeah. a shit about color grading. Yeah. Uh, and then after I made it and it and it was successful, I could look at it now that I've learned more about how youtube works and I, I could pinpoint why it did well because like oh it took a very popular thing and it pointed out something that people had sensed but no one had articulated yet mm-hmm. and so suddenly you know like people can like share it and watch it and, and, and be like oh right i did feel like something was off about the way those looked but i just yeah. hadn't ever like put it into words which is really like the sweet magic spot for a YouTube video that mm-hmm. it, it, I, if I could do it every time I would, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very hard, but yeah, but it it, it is weird. I mean, look the, I think I called it like the muddy cement look. It's yeah. like literally like it, it's funny. Uh, A couple hours ago, I watched the, the trailer for this new transformers movie just dropped. Yep. Was yes. it lies of the beasts? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh man, it, the, like I mean, the, the movie itself could be perfectly fun and stuff like that, but visually, yeah. it was like, oh wow, it's that they still look like this. It's not but even a Marvel
0: thing. It's just most also what a, what, a, what a weird era yeah. that the Transformers look worse than they did in the Michael Bay. movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Look, there's a lot of things to be said about those Michael Bay movies. I I I, I could talk about them for a very long time. They are mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Visually, they. Look good, yeah. Like the, who shot that? That's not like Larry Fong or something, is it? Who the did new that? one? No, I, I I looked this up. It's um I I I I immediately went to IMDb and was like, who is the cinematographer on this? It's um so it's directed by the guy who made Creed two, mm, okay. um and uh, but I can't remember if it's the um oh oh, oh uh weirdly it's the cinemat like. It's one of these things where he's shot good looking things. Like he uh mm. he worked with Danny Boyle. He shot 127 hours, which is like one of the oh. earliest like super digital movies. Uh he's like it's a thing where I mean it's kind of like the Marvel thing, where it's like you look at some of their DPs, uh, and it's like uh you know, like 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 Oh wait! How did like Mauro Fiore, the guy who, sh- <laughs> who like shot mm-hmm. like the first Avatar, or Michael Bay's The Island, and something like that shoot Spider Man No Way Home? There's like yeah. nothing mm-hmm. distinguishable there. I mean, it's like a Bill Pope, the man who shot The Matrix, who shot mm-hmm. like Scott Pilgrim, shot Shang Chi. You'd mm-hmm. never huh. ever huh. tell. One of
1: one of the most interesting examples of that recently for me is uh, Bradford Young on Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo looks Mm. good. Solo looks good. good. It's just like one of those things where it's like they got this guy and they let this guy do his fucking thing. But why then? Why is like then next door at the Marvel camp? They're like, it doesn't matter who is shooting it. We could get anybody to do it. It's gonna we're going to grade the shit out of it. So then it all looks the same and it doesn't matter. It's the I thing, don't understand.
2: It's the funny thing, cause it's like, you know, obviously, you know, like Lucasfilm and and and, and Marvel, they're both, you know, like mm-hmm. studios within Disney and stuff like that. And it's like, look, I have a lot of complicated feelings about like Star Wars stuff and, and, and that kind of thing, but like it's the thing you look at like the five movies that they made mm-hmm. during the Disney era, each one looks so like just just visually even though like you know I you know I I I think Rise of Skywalker is so much worse than any movie Marvel Studios (laughs) has ever made but it looks so much (laughs) better and it's it's basically because you know Marvel makes so much stuff Mm. uh, and they have and like they have to like they have a system and a pipeline for micromanaging everything and overseeing everything and so it's like to make that amount of stuff they I think have to have a kind of factory like approach where it's mm-hmm. like things must be shot a certain way we will we we must have a consistent kind of like look across everything yeah. mm-hmm. my take on that i like I get why they're doing it to me it's frustrating because look you look at I know I've used this analogy in videos before, but you look at the new releases shelf in a comic store, it's not mm-hmm. the same artist drawing every yeah. book there's yeah. a mm-hmm. variety of of styles, and that's what's fun about like the medium. And like even like you look at like this of Marvel Comics publishes in one week, yeah. A variety of art styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh it's the thing that's kind of fun about like phase one of the MCU. Mm-hmm. The movies each look different. Mm-hmm. And it's also while the Thor one visually <laughs> looks way better that's than like good. Thor four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yesterday I finally had time to go see Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. And my assumption with that movie is that because Ryan Coogler had so much weight to throw around after the first movie. And then Mm -hmm. also because of the like insane circumstances that they had to make this movie. My guess Mm -hmm. he was like, we're going to like some fucking locations in this one. I'm not, uh, we're going to have a scene on a beach and it's going to be Mm -hmm. a beach. It's not, it's not going to be an Atlanta parking lot with a green screen (laughs) beach
0: hmm yeah
1: no absolutely. you can feel it especially even things like i don't know um first off first off i like the movie uh i don't I know like if we too. have to get in, into a, a full a full chat about it but i i thought that um ryan coogler i think really has an eye for some of the visuals in a way that a lot of other uh, directors on these sorts of movies don't quite have he can at least like figure out like what some of the like thematic stuff is, and work that into the visuals in a way that nobody else does, and then have them fucking strike a pose. And Ludwig Göransson's score
2: is like going insane <laughs> at the same it, time. It's a major thing that it's just like the the Göransson scores for the Black Panther, mm. Panther movies are. Oh my! Not to be rude <laughs> to other composers from our <laughs> movies, but they are so much better than yeah. all like I don't know twenty eight other scores. Yeah they have yes yes it's i like, mean he's really good
0: he's really good
2: yes i i i listened to his tenant score like multiple times oh my per God, week dude i yeah. i've got it on vinyl like it's uh he's so good he,
0: his stuff just but, but i'm sorry but do you listen to the score that he did for the tv series community regularly <laughs> Do you listen to his score for Venom 2018?
1: (laughs) Oh shit! Which honestly, there's a there's a couple of pieces in the Venom
2: score that I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, I've never gone back and listened to the Venom score. I've also I, especially like when it was on. I was such a big community fan that I would just have pieces from that stuck Mm -hmm. in my head a lot. Uh, what a what a there, I know a lot of composers have wild careers, but the funny arc of his, it's like, Oh, he was a sitcom composer. And then Donald Glover happened to be on that sitcom. And then yeah. they started working together and then he became a hip hop producer and then circled back. And, and now he like wins Oscars. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's,
1: he's, he's fantastic. He, he had the sort of, I mean, I know G came in and did it uh, with rogue one before him, but I guess like he's, he's, he has to decide what does star Wars sound like that isn't John Williams. That isn't so, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be a whole new fucking thing. And his, his Mandalorian score, I think is uh, a, a huge reason as to why that show gets as much love as it does because his stuff just elevates the tone mm-hmm. of it all to another level. It's and true. that, that show is so atmosphere is, is, is wanting to be so atmospheric. And I think his score does a lot of the, the heavy oh, lifting yeah. on that.
2: And especially like, I feel like the, Jakino's score for for Rogue One is because that was also mm-hmm. a weird case where wasn't he like really rushed during that because like Alexander so. Desplat mm-hmm. was supposed to compose yes. it and then mm-hmm. something yes. happened there. And like mm-hmm. I like I can barely remember the Rogue One score because I feel I I mostly remember it being like it sounds Williams-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh and but like Gorenson was the the first guy who like changed up like what yeah. Star Wars could sound like, and now you have like you know nicholas bertel like wilding out on synthesizers on andor <laughs> so good. and uh so good uh i i i, I listen to uh just the the uh the big andor playlist of just all of the music from that a lot mm. it's uh it's very good but ludwig he was like the the first guy to kick oh open god. that door
0: <laughs> my god and say? About, I... about film scores right <laughs> yeah this is the film this scores is indeed, we, we didn't we didn't bring you here to talk about marvel and star wars that's basic shit let's get back to the creative yeah. wank. okay it's time uh, to
1: talk about the fablemans oh boy oh
0: <laughs> i, I haven't it. seen it
1: yet we're not actually talking about fablemans. i'm yet. seeing it either tonight or tomorrow uh it's we can, we're talking about pinocchio we're talking about lies of p oh. uh, okay are we talking about this
2: again <laughs> so the zemeckis pinocchio right Okay, I'm gonna run okay, over this listen. again. Are you are
0: you are you aware that not only this year is there a Disney Pinocchio by Zemeckis, like a Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio? There's also a Dark Souls-style video game coming out called Lies of P, and it's also about Pinocchio. Dude, uh, it's wait, it's like the fifth time player? this has come up this week. Every time you say it, I'm Lies like of lying. Lies of P, Lies of P. And I say uh, the same thing every time. Lies of Pinocchio would be a good title, but it's Lies of P because they were scared.
2: The first time you said it, I thought you said uh Liza P like a woman's oh, no. name. Oh, uh, no. oh my what god. <laughs> there it is. In sp- yeah. Oh my god. It's
0: very it's gothic. It's so serious. Is this
2: <laughs> Is
1: this the year of Pinocchio? Yes, it is. Yes, it the is. Lord <laughs>
0: It's the Pinocchios.
2: <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, lo- I mean, like, like we're all aware of those years, you know, like, uh, like uh-huh. the Ants Bugs Life year, the Volcano Dante's yep. Peak year. Yep. But when is there also a dark <laughs> gothic video game? Where, where, where is our dark gothic volcano game? <laughs> uh, lies of p lies of p oh my god <laughs> Dude, all- <I'm> fucking- this <laughs> made my day learning about- <laughs> Dude, you're
1: telling me you told me about it yesterday afternoon and i've been thinking about it every so o- like every so often in the past 24 hours i have just like chuckled to myself because i'm like what the fuck is? it that? kind
0: of alters your perception of what's possible creatively like <laughs> <laughs> it it
2: does. What?
0: Oh my god! Wait. It's got a real, it's got a real no wrong answers attitude about it that I really like. <laughs> yeah. Wait one sec. I I had closed
2: my tab. I, I I'm opening it back up. Why? uh sorry i'm (laughs) it's okay it's okay i know you need time to process lies i I love when you know when you google something and then google gives you like a list of questions about your search people ask yeah yeah, and uh when when you google lies of p it says people also ask is lies of p release date but then (laughs) is lies of p about pinocchio (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Cap, uh, guys, I have to read these to you because... Yeah, yeah, this is it. The list of questions that apparently people have Googled related mm-hmm. to Lies of P. Is Lies of P release date? Is Lies of P <laughs> Pinocchio? What will Lies of P be on? Is Lies of P hard? <laughs> Buckle up. What oh, mental, mental disorder does Pinocchio have? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. Um, what does the... What does the Pinocchio ride say that is inappropriate? <laughs> is there a Pinocchio ride at, like, Disneyland? There must
1: be some <laughs> lore. There's some lore I'm missing out on the Pinocchio.
2: Oh, canon. by the way, apparently Pinocchio manifests the signs of a child with an oppositional defiant disorder. He okay, makes them break one promise after another to hang out with a bunch of ruffian. Yeah, um, but, like, in... It says it's inspired by Pinocchio, but, like... Uh-huh. what does the does the P in the title stand for Pinocchio or do they only call him P I
0: think I I, well if they say inspired maybe it's that they only call him P but he's clearly Pinocchio I don't know but isn't it in the public domain why not go for it I don't understand it it fully is which is I mean
2: otherwise we wouldn't be getting these other Pinocchios
0: yeah by the way I love the idea that if you ride a Pinocchio ride and you're just listening closely enough he drops a C-bomb or something (laughs) (laughs) Okay, weird. I, okay, I, I'm I'm now on
2: on, on the Pinocchio Steam sucks. website with the official listing for it. And no, it's straight up, you do play as Pinocchio. There's no oh, reason yeah. Honestly, wouldn't lies of Pinocchio sound better than Lies of P?
0: It yes. sounds like they yes. were like worried that if they put Pinocchio in the name, people would think it was dumb, and so you go with the. I'm sorry, the but I already think you, it's dumb. You've already <laughs> made the game where you play as Pinocchio, and it's a Dark Souls fucking style. And game. some somebody like, in the room was like, "Lives of that uh, we shorten it to P. Lives of P." And then and then somebody was like, "Oh, it sounds like Life of Pie." And they're like, yeah, that's why I said that. Yeah. You made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Play as Pinocchio, a puppet
2: mechanoid, and fight through everything (laughs) in your path to find this mystery. Oh, 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 you're trying to find Geppetto. Uh,
0: That's fucking sick. You
2: wake up at an abandoned train station in Krat, a city overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by madness and bloodlust. In front of you lies a single note that reads, Find Mr. Geppetto. He's here in the city. So, this is a good episode of your show,
0: right? Yeah, it's a great great episode. episode. And it's the time for us to reveal that our first comic book we've been teasing is about Pinocchio. (laughs) Our our book is in fact called Life of P. Life of Uh, P (laughs) Guide Pinocchio on his
1: unrelenting journey to become human. It's a prequel to Life of P. Yeah. Apparently that game is a love letter to Dark Souls games.
0: And I say good on them. Great.
1: Um, Great. I got a question. Will there be a mission where he goes to Pleasure Island and everyone's there's drinking too much root beer and smashing cuckoo? They're all drinking and... CG root
0: beers that float around in their hands. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, listen, I've, I've got a real question, not Lies of P related, for you, Patrick. Um, uh, we were fine. We, <laughs> we were going through your 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 career, and you were talking about getting into video essays and stuff. Um. I, something that i'm curious about i've never really put it into words so maybe i can struggle through it now is like you what you do like you said they get longer and longer these videos and they're getting more intricate and they and they have so many different elements and obviously you've brought in the narrative stuff which we want to talk about because that's something we uh also love uh and uh you know it's like to me what you're doing now calling it a video essay is even strange because because you think video essay you think somebody speaking kind of softly over footage or whatever but it's like your things are whole they're just projects that are seems so much bigger than that to me um and i guess my question is like do you have sort of an overarching view of where that evolution goes are you building towards something that you want to approach that's even larger experiment, or are you just sort of taking it step by step and just adding things and trying things? Is there, a, a, is there a, somewhere you're trying to reach with what you do? Or are you just always experimenting and toying with it? That's a really good question. Because yeah,
2: like like back, like, when I started, okay, as I mentioned before, when I made that first video essay, I had no intention of like, that that wasn't a, a, a deliberate career pivot, like, oh, I'm right. gonna now start doing this. I tried one thing as an experiment. It went really well. And I realized mm-hmm. like, oh, let's follow this because I w- it would be cool to like, I don't know, uh, make money from this and yeah. actually have a sustainable career doing this. For sure. Uh, and then for a year, I basically, I kept making video essays, but I just kept doing it in the same, in basically what was kind of like, what at the time in like 2017 was the default video essay style, mm-hmm. which is, they're like 10 minutes long. You record a voiceover and you edit movie clips to it and then have kind of chill hop music playing under Mm -hmm. that. Because Mm -hmm. at this point it it, it was basically like every frame of painting. And then the nerd writer had kind of set that as the template. And then we were all just doing that. And I did that for a year and realized I'm really bored because Mm -hmm. like Sure, like writing the essays and like thinking about what I want to say about movies, that's fun, but I've got to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And because this is like coming at, uh, yeah, this is coming after about six years of doing like all purely narrative filmmaking stuff all the yeah, time, right. and uh, where there's like I, I'm, I'm getting to work those creative muscles of like, okay, thinking about like like shots and visuals and storytelling and stuff like that and i wasn't using any of that at all for this mm-hmm. and so and it, it was also the, realizing that oh the the like the fields that i was in uh, was getting so crowded with like yeah. like a t- so many video essay channels that all basically looked and felt the same mm-hmm. uh and and so i realized the like, rise okay. and fall of teletubbies e- exactly <laughs> i mean the yeah. big the big thing i feel like that's that might be a more recent titling development in 2017. And I did this too. What everyone would do uh, for titles was name, uh, name of either director or movie colon, Hmm. how to do blank as in like, like, you know, uh, and I feel like why it works. Exactly. just, Just that thing of like, here's a technique and here's how this person does it, or here's how this yeah. movie does it. And all our titles are the same, all of our videos seem the same. Uh, there's good ones in there, uh, there's less good ones in there, but mm-hmm. from the app, like, if you're scrolling through YouTube, they all look the same. Yeah. And so I realized, like, okay, uh, like, like, if I, like, I, I need to find a way to, first of all, like, make mine stand apart, but also, I, mm-hmm. mostly I just want to enjoy the process of it more, and at least like uh, make these in a way that I find like an exciting challenge. And so then I, that's when I started deciding to like just inject more filmmaking into them to be like, Mm -hmm. it kind of does make sense. It's like, why make it a video essay if all you're going to do is like basically just write an essay and then read it. It's like, you could just post Mm -hmm. the written essay online. It's like, let's use the form Yeah. In an interesting way and take advantage of that. And uh, Mm -hmm. and so uh, so I started adding like, you know, framing devices or just like experimenting with like ways to insert some kind of 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 narrative into into the videos. And just basically and I I started appearing on camera more, uh, which also makes it easier to edit because. As soon as you can just cut back to yourself and you don't have to have some yeah. clip to like fill those 10 seconds of the video, which right. is great. Go to, uh, YouTube it, to it, MP4 uh, downloader. God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so there was, so there was all that stuff. And as I started doing it and it was a way to like, you know, get back to doing more, uh, to collaborating more with, uh, uh, my friends that I had made all like the narrative shorts with. And, and then as my basic thing that I've realized about myself is that I, I don't like repeating myself and doing the same thing over and over again. What YouTube as like a system wants you to do is find one thing that works that, that, that people watch Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: then repeat that exact thing over and over and over again Forever, mm-hmm. and uh, I did that for like a year. All of my video essays in twenty seventeen basically kind of look and feel the same. I, uh, I, 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 and I feel nothing for those videos. It's like I, I, like forget I made them because the <laughs> process was felt so impersonal and so like removed from what I'm, I'm interested in. Even if like I, I'm, I still probably stand by points that I made in those videos. And okay. so my thing, I'm, I'm basically just doing this to make myself happy and yeah. uh and i i i am fully aware it, it's the funny thing when because you, you know when you're on youtube you got to think about like you got to look at your analytics and stuff mm-hmm. like that and think about the algorithm you know, the algorithm the audience and stuff like that and i'm in this funny position where uh like i would probably have more subscribers if i if all of my videos were very traditional video mm-hmm. essays that would just got right to the point and, you know, g- got the information done like like concisely and, uh, and also were about like smaller topics, not like I'm going to yeah. talk about a one person's 50-year career in, right. in one video. Uh, but at the same time, um, I would be more frustrated and I would be kind of bored with the process if I were doing it that way. And what I've discovered about my audience is that while my audience compared to other channels grows relatively slowly, uh, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, I, I I still have not quite reached 400,000 subscribers. Uh, yeah. it, it, not, like, It does not grow quickly, but the people, the audience that's there, because I do videos in a weird way mm-hmm. that no one else is doing, they are extremely loyal and they watch everything, Absolutely. which means that, I don't have, like, most people in my, like, field on YouTube do kind of have this, like, pressure to be able to, like, follow, like, okay, what, like, you know, what are, what are the topics that, that get views? What, what's a big movie coming out that I can, like, you know, do a related video to because it's Mm -hmm. topical and people are looking for stuff about that? And at this point, my audience trusts me enough to be like, we'll watch whatever you want to make. Yeah. And so I can kind of just make whatever videos I want to do, talk about whatever I want to talk about, and the videos. That's the will... dream.
0: That's so sick. I know <laughs>
2: they. It's the thing that I always point to is in 2020. I think like back to back, I did a video about Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. who was who is one of those topics that is like the surefire, like this will perform well on YouTube. Yeah. There will always be, mm-hmm. because everyone watches his movies, uh, especially if you have a majority male audience, they will click on it immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I made a video about Mama Mia, Here We Go Again, <laughs> which is uh, not a video that uh, the largely male, uh, Christopher Nolan fan mm-hmm. audience would normally click on. Uh, mm-hmm. Those videos performed pretty similarly. Huh. Like uh, so, it wow. was like, yeah, it was the thing where like like the majority of people who watched the Nolan one also watched the Mamma Mia one, mm-hmm. and that's and I feel like that was a moment for me where I was like, oh shit, I, okay, this is cool. I I really I don't it. have to like feel it's the cracking. pressure to be like like uh uh oh. Well, it's been two months. Better better talk about superhero movies again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know every so often I'll I'll, I'll like do those things. Uh, but but it's very nice. Because like I I made a point of like about two and a half years ago being like this is the last Star Wars video I'm ever gonna make, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think like three years ago I was like this is the last Marvel Studios video I'm ever gonna make. Uh, I, I've I've done a couple of things where I'm like, and I think this year alone I did a movie about like the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies and yeah. just Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have at no point have I felt like the need to be like, oh God, views are dropping. <laughs> got it. Got to return to Marvel. And uh, and it, it, it's such a relief. Uh, yeah. and, and in general with the videos, like they keep getting longer and more complicated and more ambitious because I just, uh, this is not like a thing that I'm sitting there, like, like plotting out like, okay, over the next six months, here's where we'll take things. Uh, and, and, and here's like new things we'll try and stuff like that. But I feel like just, it's just a natural thing of, uh like I just want to make stuff that I'm excited about. I want to pick topics mm-hmm. that I'm excited about and I want to talk about and also find uh like even if it's even if it's uh stuff as simple as like, you know, just improve my like my cinematography when lighting like dialogue scenes in interior yeah. locations. It's just like I like I want to have like a challenge both in terms of like what I'm doing in terms of film analysis, but also a like technical and like filmmaking storytelling challenge in each one. And the goal is still to like use this to get to the point where, you know, I can, you know, just get paid to like direct narrative film stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm basically using the videos as like a backdoor pilot to like, you know, trick people into letting me like make movies and stuff. Um, Of course. but That's basically it. It, it. It's just like, Constantly wanting to, like, like, I, it, if it doesn't feel to me like this is evolving and growing and like and getting better and and going in new directions, then I I then I wouldn't be satisfied. But I do feel right. like that's what it's doing, right? And you it, did direct a feature, you did it. I Neither did the coconut I, I did make a I accidentally made a feature mm-hmm. film that was supposed to be like a twenty minute short that would take a couple months, and it mm-hmm. took a year. And was ninety minutes long, and it was. You really had a premiere. We had a premiere at the <laughs> IFP Center in New York. No. Um, Get the soundtrack on vinyl. I, uh, they are. I, I. I'm. I'm. so stoked. We uh. The. The vi- So. We do a vinyl soundtrack that uh, Mondo, the company, produced and they're printed they are currently on their way they're arriving in new york any day now because for like the special edition one on yellow Mm -hmm. vinyl that we're selling through my merch store uh brian metolius the composer and i are signing all of them so next week we have to get we have to go over to the nebula office and each sign like 300 uh (laughs) like like you know, vinyl record packages. My my right. I'm gonna get like carpal tunnel from doing this. Um yeah. <laughs> yes. but yeah we uh we made a movie um yep. and uh and we, we we got a vinyl soundtrack so streaming now on nebula exactly so so and and that's that entirely happened because of these video essays and me yeah. decided to make things more complicated by <laughs> inserting this like serialized <laughs> narrative into them. Uh and so I guess it worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We uh we we've been wanting to talk about that too because we also we find ourselves in some narrative shenanigans every now the and show. then. Every now and then we do happen mm-hmm. a, to stumble into some sort of grand adventure time. and everything. <laughs> Not this particular episode, but it's I have a a feeling in my gut that's coming up very soon. Um <laughs> I hope you're wrong. Uh I don't know. I don't uh but before we proceed we should probably play the ad from our sponsor Green Suit on a completely unrelated <laughs> note. So mm-hmm. Oh hey everybody, it's me, Green Suit Goon. Hey, have you ever been looking? Have you ever said, I really could? I see one of those goons over there. I could use a nice, colorful suit like that. Come on down to Green Suit Goons Green Suits. Get yourself a nice green suit. I promise you, you're not gonna regret. You can also visit greensuitgoonsgreensuits.com and type in the code Green suit Goons Green Suit Goon Deal. Sale on the green suits and get 20% off your first green suit. Uh, thank you Green Sukun for that. Um, thank you Green Sukun. We appreciate it. Uh but we're we're talking about inserting all the narrative stuff into into a sort of a a, a dialogue based um mm-hmm. content, I guess. I don't love using the word content because it just sort of commodifies everything uh, to me where it's just like it's a thing that i can consume oh, oh. instead of
2: like griffin <laughs> i uh not not only do i have a long-standing public beef with the word content mm-hmm. to the point where uh the uh my composer wrote a, a a lyric into the theme song for my show uh just don't call it content mm-hmm. yeah, uh yeah. and i i do for like at some point later this season, uh, actually finally have a video planned that gets into my issues with, with calling oh, creative it. work mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. So but that said, that said, I understand that you know, when when talking about this type of stuff and like industries and creative work, every so often you are in a position where it is the most accurate term to use. Sure. For mm-hmm.
0: what you're saying, so don't worry about using it. But it sounds like yeah. it's just paste in a box or something. Like <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just yeah, a it's, paste that I eat. Like, right. I, just... I, I mean, <laughs> th-
2: that that is mm. like the thing with content. It, it, like content just refers to a thing that fills a space, like mm-hmm. the contents of a bag. Mm-hmm. And content uh, it, it is like f- for talking about like creative work. Is like really one of those words that just originated in like in the boardroom that execs would oh, yeah. use to describe like, oh, well, what what is the stuff that's going to fill the real estate on our website? Right. Oh, we right. need content for that. It's all disposable. Who cares what shit it is? It's just like mm-hmm. and 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 that's I, I feel like it devalues the work right. by because it, it's like, well, if if if, if Content is creative work on the internet. Then a tweet is
0: content, uh, but then Everything why is, is con- people are like, I love Martin Scorsese's content. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Scorsese's
1: standing on stage, like, oh, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, 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 no!
2: I, I. M- Marty has addressed the word content before. Oh right? yeah. La- last year in this piece he wrote uh for Harper's Bazaar, uh okay. one of the pieces that he wrote where people got mad at him even though most yeah. of it was just about how he likes Fellini movies. Uh, <laughs> uh people were just like you're an elitist who's gatekeeping and getting mad at us because we we That's like true. franchise movies. He's just like I was just trying to talk about Federico <laughs> Fellini. <Felipe." laughs> uh, but but he gets into that the a-, a-, a thing that I agree with which is that like especially looking at the, like the way that something like Netflix handles Mm -hmm. their releases and like treats their library. It really is kind of just treating it all like interchangeable, disposable content. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, we're on the same page here.
0: I do want to hand crank it back to you for a second because we were talking about the evolution of your stuff and and my my favorite thing that I think maybe you've ever done was the recent Zack Snyder video. Um, oh, and thank you. That to me really highlighted why I like your stuff so much is because you were talking about all the video essays, like just being like, because we kind of, you know, talking about how young we are, we sort of like came up with like, like grew up with like, okay, now everyone is sharing their opinion about everything and some people know how to make really polished videos and stuff. And so they're like very professionally sharing their opinion about everything and everybody's got a take and whatever. And so like, to me that stuff becomes so like tiresome at a certain point where it's just like, it's just like, as Griffin said earlier, just fucking like takes everywhere. And I become a lot more interested in, The stuff, you know, you Jenny Nicholson's and all these things where it's like they're they're kind of teaching you something Uh, like you're learning about something while there is opinion in there. And to me, that's something that's sort of the direction that you've taken where it's like you're almost doing like documentaries that are interweaved with your opinions and your narratives and like all of that. Are you and now you're on Nebula, which is sort of pitched as as, you know, an education area um, are you frightened by the word education? Are you like, are you embracing uh, that side of it? Uh, because to me, that's like a big sell of your current stuff. I love how much I learn from them. It's funny because it, it
2: was never deliberate. Like, I, yeah. like I, at no point did I ever say people could learn some stuff from uh, from me. Like, I I, right. I I wanna I wanna be pro- more professorial. I mean, I do <laughs> I do actually in my new video, granted I've worn it many times before but i i do wear a a, a tweed jacket yeah it. Yeah. uh no Let's no go. leather elbow patches though you're not there <laughs> just yet but
1: you yeah. have the beret I mean, you gotta pair them together
2: mm. some yeah well together i mean that, that i don't own that beret uh the beret <laughs> from that photo uh, that, uh someone someone else brought that to the shoot because i threw out it would be funny if in the thumbnail for the my class on nebula i'm wearing a beret and they made it happen All um right. but like uh, the thing with Nebula is like uh, Nebula being the you know streaming. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to do this without just repeating my ad read. Yeah, yeah, copy. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nebula up, is this streaming platform uh, that just uh, I think like uh, last week uh, crossed six hundred thousand paying subscribers. No, oh, wow. Uh, we we. We beat CNN Plus so bad, and they put a billion (laughs) dollar. They put it like a billion dollars into that, and no one signed up, and it shut down. Uh, And we, we, yeah, we folded them like laundry. Um, (laughs) so, but uh, but Nebula is the streaming platform that is uh was originally started as like an offshoot of this sort of uh agency that that represents me and and a lot of other, let's say uh like educational ish or like like video essay channels uh Mm -hmm. where originally like they they reached out to me and took me on as a client in like fall 2018 Mm -hmm. and uh and the thing and the company being called standard um and this was like way before they had the idea of nebula but basically the way it was designed was with this agency to to represent only uh i think as I said, like, educational-ish creators. Yeah. So, like, spe- sticking with this specific kind of field, uh, I think, like, Nebula brands itself as thoughtful videos. Right. Um, and then they, they take care of things like booking sponsors, uh, doing, mm-hmm. like, the graphic design branding for the channels and stuff like that. The the cool yellow bar at the top of all my thumbnails. Uh, Simon, the, you know, the, uh, what was it, uh, chief creative officer and graphic designer, he did that. Right. Um and so they they took care of all these things that made my life better because I no longer had to be reaching out to brands and cold emailing people and negotiating my rates and stuff like that. Uh, and so they did this. And then I think it might've been like in 2019, they started this, like, this idea about like, what if we launched our own streaming service uh, mm-hmm. where we could have all of our stuff, uh, all the regular videos, but with no ads, but then also get funding to make like original productions right. uh stuff that might not be accepted by the youtube algorithm because it mm-hmm. the algorithm wants you to make the same kind of thing all the time and if you make a different thing you're often penalized for that uh mm-hmm. but but here it's like oh what if we gave you a bigger budget to make that weird other thing in my case that was like to, to make a feature-length narrative film yeah, um, right and and the general idea is it, it's like it's not there was never any decree like it has to be educational. No one has ever right. told me what to make there, but right. it's just, you know, in general, it's a lot of people who are like, you know, who are making video essays about like topics that they know a lot about, whether they are yeah. music or science or history or film or whatever. And uh, and so I think as time has gone on, if, I, if my videos have gotten more educational, mm-hmm. that has been entirely accidental right. uh, and just, and just through following my own interest, because a lot of the stuff, like you look at like the Zack Snyder video or things like, like I, I keep trying to take on bigger and bigger topics. Yeah. It used to be like, Oh, I'll talk about one technique used in one movie. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm kind of, now I have a tendency to do a thing like I'm going to um, pick like a genre and mm-hmm. talk about literally everything ever in that <laughs> yeah. uh, or, Like, for instance, right now, um, it might be coming out the week of this episode, or if it, mm-hmm. if it's not out yet, it's going to come out soon. The current video I'm working on might be the longest video I've ever made, right. as in the Zack Snyder one was the longest, <laughs> and this one might be longer. Yeah. This video... And I had this idea, like I think during like lockdown in 2020. Uh, so I've been sitting on it for a while. Uh, the video is called "What is the most 80s movie ever made?" Yeah. Uh, where I, I really, but but this is a video that requires me studying all everything about America <laughs> in the 1980s, from politics to cultural trends to how like economic policies were impacted the culture and then were reflected in cinema to like aesthetics and music and everything and then uh figuring out like what are movies that like represent most of the of what was happening at the time and then trying to figure like to narrow it down to what is the yeah. one movie that represents everything happening at the time more than any other but but this video also basically just tends like has ended up being oh like a like a long like lecture on just right. an entire decade of American cinema, right? And uh, and I'm like, this acts like this could have been. I'm not gonna do this because uh, <laughs> I I just don't want to. But like this could have just been a book.
0: I could yeah, have right. written
2: a book that is just and I mean, there are books on this already, but that just are about like eighties American cinema. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, like even though I'm treating the video kind of as like a weird game show, uh, a game show where I have like, you know, categories that I grade the movies on with like a point system. Cause that's the only way to, to, to figure out a winner. Um, mm-hmm. it is also, despite the silly conceit of it, like still, still kind of an inherently educational thing, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, that's just a, a weird byproduct of me just trying to figure out things to talk about that I'm interested in.
0: It's so cool to me because like I don't follow many like critique channels, but like stuff like that, that kind of analysis stuff is like so valuable to me. And like the fact that you put so much like research and effort into it, and like and so like I am one of those subscribers that I'll just watch any of it because I know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to me. And so it it, it amazes me that you sort of wandered into that by somewhat accident and 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 I'm so happy that you've found success with it and that you're continuing to be able to just do what you want and I'm happy that it's like it's been fulfilling for you it's so fucking cool thank you i i i should mention that uh one thing that's helped
2: along the way is as the like videos have done better and the channel has done better uh i have been able to like you know be like hiring more people yeah. on to like i'm not doing everything myself like yeah, i yeah, i yeah. have a researcher like sure. i have an like a co-editor i have a composer i have mm-hmm. i have writers who uh who like you know write the the narrative sections of the videos if i were mm-hmm. trying to do this all alone <laughs> if i were trying to do like make like this video all by myself i would die I I would either die or the video would take like four months to get made. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got your class on Nebula. Um, So that is a very explicit turn into education and teaching. Do you want to do more of that? Where we're talking about the sort of accidental educational sort of nature of some of the stuff that you're doing. That, of course, is very purposefully so. Do you want to do more of that? Do you see yourself going and being a professor at some point way are, are down the line. Are you planned out super far yeah. ahead? Where yeah, you like, what's, what's your 10-year plan, Patrick?
2: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but is I, there one? I mean, I'd ask <laughs> you guys the same thing. It's really easy to do, like, in industries, like, you know, comics are are like film when uh when you have to like everything depends on hoping the right people uh meet you and like green light your stuff it's like you can't you can't give a 10-year plan for sure i I, I can say my five my 10-year plan is like oh yeah so tomorrow uh steven spielberg happens to watch uh (laughs) you know one of my videos and uh and then he'll be like you know this guy's pretty good let's give him a development deal and um and then once that happens yeah, mm-hmm. then I think I'll have like a feature out in like 2024, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so <laughs> good, it, plan. good plan. Yeah, <laughs> great, great plan. Great plan. Um, I, I mean, no, as, as far as that, I mean, I do, there's a, there's a short film that I'm writing now that we have a budget commitment for that is gonna, ha- I'll just say it has a bigger budget than my feature film did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a 10 minute short, um, which is great for me because uh, it makes things a little bit easier. But mm-hmm. that's gonna like shoot, Early next year, uh, so that's cool. But um, but as far as the education stuff goes, like I have this class on Nebula uh, on how to make a movie, and I mean that came up because they launched a th- thing called Nebula classes, kind of like a master class type thing, where but with like us, you know, video creators, and uh, and I mean the, it, it was just like a good opportunity. They're they're like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll pay you to make the class, and then you can promote it. In your yeah. videos and then mm-hmm. when people watch it you make more money and yeah. so i was just like cool uh yeah. great deal yes um and it, it's funny because uh, just a, earlier earlier this or actually it, it's december 1st now um uh it, in november um i had this funny experience where the hawaii international film festival brought me out to hawaii to do a talk to, like, a group of, uh, like, college students about how to make a career making video essays online, mm-hmm. uh, which was wild because it's the first time I've ever been, like, brought anywhere to do any kind of talk. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, Hawaii is... Everything else is going to suck if this ever happens again because you're not going to measure up to Hawaii. You're right. <laughs> it, it, was, it was funny because I, I was like, oh, I gotta, I've got to write a 90-minute talk uh mm-hmm. to do about about all like it, it, again it, it like it, it felt more educationally than i yeah you know ever imagined and um and that said like even though teaching is like uh related to what i do and th- th- there's connect there's like overlap there at all uh mm-hmm. i mean, th- I mean th- there's overlap uh you know uh with that there are they're, they're they're similar. I have like a, you know an online class. It's not actually something that I have any real interest in. I mean, someone wants to give me like a I don't know an honorary doctorate, I'll totally <laughs> accept it. <laughs> um, uh yeah, that'd be cool. Um, mm-hmm. it'd be cool. But I, but no, I mean like not not to sound like a selfish asshole, but I, but I am the target audience for everything I'm making. I'm mm-hmm. never thinking like oh this 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 could help other people. This could people could learn stuff from this. I'm always just thinking I don't know what what what's the shit that like i would be staying up all night just like going down a research rabbit hole like reading about anyway even if i wasn't making videos and then i would just like yell at my friends about all the stuff (laughs) i learned (laughs) my weird takes about about like i don't know like guys this 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 like weird trend in like late 80s cinema uh like yeah yeah. um i'm just doing this to entertain myself and i'm just really happy and grateful that people actually right. watch them uh because yeah this is this is just for me that's awesome that's as
1: crazy. it should be
2: i think um
1: i have one final question before but there's gonna up.
0: be two because i also have one final question
1: you fuck all right you do yours <laughs> you i'll do answer yours both first.
0: No, I want mine to be the the final final question.
1: Mine is like a silly, not really a question,
0: ending beat that I'd already right. known ahead of time. I was going. to I love to when do. it ends on me. It's like it's I get the final spotlight. Uh, okay, all right, fine. Here's my last question for you, Patrick. Yes. You've moved so far away from your initial dream of wanting to be a comic book artist as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but you're still you're still in the world of comics, and obviously we're very intertwined in the world of comics, so I got to ask you, if an editor ever came to you at some point and asked you this, what would be your answer? Is there a script for a book in you? I don't think so. Interesting. All right. Because here's the thing.
2: I, uh, I find writing to be a deeply unpleasant experience it is uh, <laughs> i, I yeah. noticed. i take a note that like on your on the on the narrative stuff you're not the writer uh mm-hmm. you're just the director here's on, the thing on, i love on... like breaking stories oh, and okay. doing the structure and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh and i i do like like we have multiple meetings uh where i'm very involved in like yeah. like you know, figuring out the narrative stuff. It's the same thing. Like, like on Night of the Coconut, I have a story credit. I don't have a screenplay credit. Mm-hmm. I still do like the final polish of the script. I do right. like. I do like. You know, go through like like all the. I do like a dialogue pass on all of that, mm-hmm. but like the actual like sitting there with the blank page and like creating the script. Uh, I do, I don't like really like it very much. I, I I'll do it. Because I have to sometimes, Mm -hmm. Uh, but if I can, like, like co-write the story, Mm -hmm. have a better writer than me do the initial drafts of the script, and then I come in and just do like the final polish. That's my ideal way to work. And it's the thing where, like, when it comes to comics, uh, like, like I write so that I can have a thing to direct. The Mm -hmm. actual writing part is not like it's not what I'm passionate about. It's not what I would ever want people to hire me for. Right, and right. so with comics, I'm just like, I don't know like the artist has all like, gets to do all the fun stuff. That I wish <laughs> I could do. Like, uh, that's fascinating. I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I have really thought about this before, especially during like, like a comic con week when I'm talking yeah. to people who, who work in comics. And yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't think look, like, here's the thing. I have read, I think more Batman comics than any other like characters <laughs> comics in my lifetime. Yeah. Batman mm-hmm. was like, I turned out this way because when I was four years <laughs> old, my parents showed me the 1966 Batman movie and it, it just led to all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the root of, of me. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, and I don't, I don't have like a great pitch for a Batman story. I yeah. would like dream, dream project direct a batman movie great Mm -hmm. uh i mean i mean my my big pitch is uh like i want to do a batman beyond movie oh Um, shit oh shit we'll
1: we'll have to hear the batman beyond pitch after this
2: oh yeah it's uh but but like but i don't but you'd think if i really was interested in writing i would have like oh my batman story that i want to tell oh if i got to do a run on that Mm -hmm. book what i would do i don't
0: Okay. I don't have it. I just want to read it forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's fascinating. Honestly, I mean, I love, I love writing more than anything in the world, but it is fucking painful. <laughs> it's really. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we were talking about this just last night with Matthew Rosenberg. And we were saying that, you know, we used to have like our jobs in retails that were terrible and stressful. And, you know, we hated for so many reasons. And then we happened to be able to be doing what we love the most in creating comic books um and it is so much more stressful, so much more stressful. it is because we <laughs> we give a shit and uh and are very
0: passionate about it and it, that is exhausting um, every, just every, every now day. and then it's like oh man if i were just doing target inventory this morning <laughs> dude if i could
1: just show up and put my fucking time in and get the paycheck whew, yeah. that sounds nice sometimes but
0: uh, but also I yeah. guess that's an asshole thing to say It's fucking amazing But oh God I hate that I get to do what I love <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, okay. it,
2: But then you reach those beautiful points Where it's like you go through all the misery And then like oh and the thing is done oh, And then it's yes. like oh I can look yes. at it And then like take a break for I don't know A day mm-hmm. uh, But like it's <laughs> Creating I mean you know it's like uh, to use an analogy that I'm really in no position to use, <laughs> but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Um, from what I hear, it's mm-hmm. like uh, giving birth to a child. Uh-huh. In that uh, the is. process, uh, painful, unpleasant, mm. often takes far longer than you think it's going to. Then mm. you know immediately, uh, uh, you know you don't even want to think about having to go through it all over again. Mm -hmm. but then you know once once it's out there it's uh you know you're like ah it was all worth it look at this beautiful
0: thing that i have i'm willing to be the authority on that i'll say it's exactly like giving birth yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. thank you and we've 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 uh, we don't even need to get into the the, the extremely existential quality of it of it's like this is a thing that existed in my mind and it wasn't real it was like a nebulous thought I had and now we have an artist drawing it after it's spent years gestating in our minds and now it's a real thing being interpreted mm-hmm. by somebody else so in that specific fashion like when you're writing for a visual medium that somebody else is going to to you know sort of help
2: shepherd of course it's super bizarre um and also yes like to- to be yes. clear uh we can get into that we can spend t- a ton of time on the existential stuff once i well i like when i come back on like a future episode then Perfect. we can get we, we can have long talks about like hating your work and, and stuff
1: like that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm wondering why something came out i would, out of I would fucking yeah. love that <laughs> yeah oh, yeah we'll get it done after after the short can you say yeah. is the short just related to this season's
2: no no it, it is, is a, it's a new thing? uh it is it is fully unrelated i i think okay. Uh, any future like narrative film projects I do, whether short films or feature films, are, are they're gonna have no connection to like, like the videos themselves. It's uh, I. Right. Here's the thing, I made a feature length film, which is mm-hmm. cool. Uh, it is a cool thing to have on a resume. I made maybe the least accessible feature film <laughs> ever made. A feature film that is like a tiny micro budget thing that basically requires as much homework as like a current Marvel movie does to mm-hmm. understand it. Um, yeah. So uh, it's not a thing that I can hand to people and be like, here, hire me uh, to, to to direct things. Look what I made. People will see that and be like, what is this? Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't understand anything. So, uh, so yeah, uh, tr- thinking... Strategically, for like the first time in my life, I, I was like, <laughs> maybe the next things I make should, you know, should be things that I could actually hand to someone who doesn't know who I am and make, have it make sense to them.
1: But okay. Okay. Final question. Here we go. We're wrapping up our time here with the wonderful Patrick Williams. My last question. Um, when is the beard coming back? Is it ever coming <laughs> back? Oh, shit. <laughs> I need to know because you were like I was watching it all happen before my very eyes, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this man grows an incredible beard! It's incredible.
2: It, it genuinely maybe my my greatest skill is growing <laughs> facial hair. Um, I, I've, I'm so sorry to say this, but I don't think the beard is ever coming back. He's not oh, into oh, it. Fuck. It's um, God, it. It, it was it was very much a, like a oh, I'm in lockdown kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was a quarantine mm-hmm. beard. Course, uh, it, it, it developed into a great big bushy beard that was mm-hmm. fun. It, 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 it's a th- there, there's pros and cons to the beard. It's fun to like stroke this of giant yes. like yes. mound of, of hair coming <laughs> off of your chin. Um, it's also a thing like it's kind of annoying when you're eating. Uh, you know you gotta make sure you keep that the mustache part trimmed or else you can get hairs in your mouth that's no one likes that Mm -mm. and uh it's also like especially at that time if i had to go into public and like put a mask over it it felt so i looked like a moron (laughs) it was so dumb and uh and and it was also a so and and like since i have the beard I, i i no longer have hair on top of my head and i've never liked the like bald, but with a beard, like look, I mean, it works for some people, but like, I've never mm-hmm. wanted that personally. Right. And so, so yeah, I think that was just a, a. it was, it was a thing for, it was a choice for that specific time in my life mm-hmm. and in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did it, but I don't have any desire to Return to it and i'm so right. sorry for all the people i'm letting down we're
0: ending this right. episode on some bad news uh but yeah you know i'll, I'll let
1: bleeding cool know. bleeding cool breaks the sadness <laughs> yeah. to everybody rich johnson's listening in
2: right now um hey, hey he might be hey uh uh <laughs> rich was was one of the first people who like shared the the videos that i i made mm-hmm. and rich uh, is
1: rich is great we
2: love rich good, I, I, um, yeah rich a lovely guy absolutely
1: <laughs> absolutely um Okay, well, I think that I think that That's just it. about does it. Patrick, the floor is yours. Plug whatever you'd like to plug. Where can everybody find you?
2: Uh, so, Thank on, you, so guys. Forth. Um, mm-hmm. You can watch my videos. The uh, The free way to do it is uh, at youtube.com slash Patrick H. Willems. Uh, they're also available ad-free on Nebula, a wonderful platform where you can also watch my movie, Night of the Coconut. It's about can get in there. robot coconut. Get in there, you got your class on there.
1: You've got Night of the Coconut. You've also, got, you know, you pair that with your curiosity stream subscription. Oh, shit. I'm a big nonfiction fan, I love it. I,
2: <sighs> this is you've listened to an ad read or two in your
1: day. So, sorry, sorry that I, uh, as I'm doing the ad read where it didn't mean to step in, I'm just so no, excited about the fact that you can get 50% off. With the
2: code <laughs> uh, yeah. year, if one. you go to curiositystream.com slash patrick h. willems, you can get an annual subscription to both streaming services for only fourteen seventy nine uh That's sorry insane. I, I, I literally insane. just did an ad read uh, a couple days ago uh anyway, uh you watch <laughs> my movie there and um uh what oh, oh yeah, uh and then i'm I'm on social media at uh i mean who who knows how long Twitter'll be around for, but I'm still mm-hmm. there at Patrick H. willems. You're not on hive. Oh, I am on Hive. <laughs> uh, but th- th- like I had my day where I'm like, what? Mastodon's a thing? Okay, I guess I'll, ma- mm-hmm. I'll make I'm making account there. Hive's a thing. I guess I'll make an account there. Uh, Substack, I don't have the energy to write a newsletter. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, fuck you, I'll, I'll I'll make substack.com slash Patrick I just like to claim my name everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are like now like actively using Hive, mm-hmm. and I would like open it like every day for like about a week, and I was just like. Ugh, starting from scratch on a whole oh, new no. platform the like, whole fucking like, comics
0: world is over there it's yeah, crazy gotta, i'm like
2: i have to build up like <laughs> my whole like follow list that i i like i, I just yeah. i just no i don't have the energy if twitter goes down i will just use social media less and it'll probably make my life better yeah, probably 100 that's where i'm at as well
1: I, I i don't know it's tricky because the comics community has like built it in as like this this Seemingly necessary tool uh, for getting your stuff out there and everything, but um, I don't know. We'll we'll wait and see. I don't know if I have, like you're saying, the energy to do it. But on on that note, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for thank you joining for. us this evening. Uh, I we thank can't you wait for, for the having me. <laughs> this was <laughs> course, this much a <laughs> and I, I feel like I talked way too much. Uh, not at all. Sorry. That's not. what you're. That's what you're here for. You got the voice back. We had to wait. Uh, So then you could, you could come. You just fucking
0: wait for your influx of new subscribers. The, the, the supple squadron is coming. (laughs) I'm going to get that supple bump. bump. That is (laughs) is what they call it. Okay. Ours is
2: the supple boys bump or the boys bump. It's it's a supple spike. Supple spike. That's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'd
1: be on. You probably, yeah, no. Green Sookun would be happy to sponsor your show, man. We could talk to him about it afterwards if you'd like. Yeah. I could bring him in here right now. You could ask him. Is he here? He's here. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's, over, he's in the studio right here.
2: Oh, damn. That's, I don't get that kind of like hands-on touch Green with my suit. sponsors. No, he's very
1: specific about what we put on the show. Green Suit. Patrick would like to uh, speak with you here about a sponsorship. Hey, Patrick, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, I would God. love to, you know, uh, I don't mean to, you know, toot my own horn, but, you know, uh, we, we got a pretty decent
2: following over here at
1: Greensuit Com, And uh, yeah, we'd be honored to work with you. Is what I'm that,
2: saying. Look, um I'll have my people reach out to your people and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can make this happen. You know, I might have to like bump, I don't know, Mubi uh from one of the videos mm-hmm. so we can get Green Suit Goon in there. Well, I don't mean to, you know, the, the supple boys. I love
1: working with the sub boys, but they are like a two thousand subscriber type of thing. You had to mention four hundred earlier. That's pretty good. Uh I think yeah, that I would love to bring my and, Hey, oh. green suit. It's
0: me, brown suit
1: goon. We gotta get oh, hey, out of here. The men the good. menu's about to start. Oh fuck, I gotta go catch Mark Millard's the menu. I love Ray Fines. Uh all right, yeah. yeah we gotta, Patrick, we gotta we'll, go. we'll be in touch. Uh great. Okay. Later well, games yeah bye Mm -hmm. goons thank you for stopping by as always and thank you supple folks for tuning in to another episode of course you know where to find us i'm at griff shared and ethan's at tales to astonish on twitter while it lasts like patrick was saying and of course over at substack.com we're running things for our friends brian segman and donny cates at klcpress.com uh, we're also doing a show with Matthew Rosenberg called Ideas Don't Bleed that you can find at AshkenPress.com and on all your podcast apps. And, of course, we're working with the one and only Brian Michael Bendis at JinxWorld.com that we are so excited about. And if you need some uh, some inside baseball or some general wisdom from one of the best to ever do it, you can find yeah, it so over there Speaking of
0: classes he's doing classes over there
1: oh my god we do have a virtual masterclass with uh Enjoy. brian michael bendis and we just had our first session co taught by him and takisoma uh mm-hmm. it was a really fun time and we encourage everybody that is interested if you if you think you want to make comics at all uh you know i think all the subsects are providing something that is quite interesting for everybody it's a really interesting time to be a, an upcoming creator i think um speaking as some ourselves and uh the resources that people like brian are providing are um i don't know i I can't even begin to describe how crazy it feels to be like on the just like sitting there editing this video of brian fucking just spewing all this fucking stuff that like the 20 24 year old me is like holy shit and and Mm -hmm. if 13 year old me ethan we're always talking about this if If 13-year-old me knew that we could just like get this information uh, about creating comics, I think we would lose our mind as we are currently. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Patrick, thank you so much for being here. We cannot wait to have you on again. Uh, And I'm Mm -hmm. sure the supple folks are excited for the follow-up. The existential crisis episode, I think is what we're calling it. Yeah. Existential crisis on infinite earths (laughs) Uh, colon dark war. Uh, (laughs) and uh, yeah so folks you know what it is Uh, like what you like and don't be a dick I think is is how we end the show usually Ethan Mm -hmm. usually bye bye